So we're going to be talking about some interesting topics today. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about lots of different things, and particularly at the end of the podcast, we'll be talking about depression and uh, and suicide. You know, really happy stuff. Yeah, uh, like you know, winter is coming. Happy days. <laughs> Winter is coming. Well, it's not. It's summer is coming. What do you mean? <laughs> well, that, it's totally winter coming. Definitely, definitely is winter coming. No, no, no. So there's this whole hemispherical thing that's going on with us. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy you guys have got something. I mean, I can't imagine being on the beach on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird to me. Our Sanders uh, get the rawest deal, though. They've got the big bushy beard and the big pillow and the big red suit with the long arms and the fluffy collars and stuff, and then they like all depicted riding surfboards and things. I was going to ask, <laughs> does your Santa surf? That was exactly the question that was coming up in my head. I was like, uh, I see kangaroos pulling a sleigh and a surfing Santa. That was... Uh, yeah. It's 100% Joey. exactly. You're, bon you're Skippy. Right. You're bang on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy just imagery. Google, just we, Google that. See, that's 100%. strange because our patron saint of uh, Santa Claus is sponsored by Coca-Cola because the, the, you know, the holidays are coming. The advert the co- comes all, all the time. There is a, a rumor or a, or a myth that Santa Claus went red because of uh, Coca-Cola. It's true. I think he was green before. But no, he was, there is green Santa Claus, but there was always green and red and there's a tan one and all kinds of different colours. It's just that he's now predominantly red because Coca-Cola oh. did that. It's not that he wasn't red before. It's Marketing. just that, yeah, there was a number of, he just wore a coat, right? <laughs> it wasn't like it yeah, had yeah. to be a certain colour. And now has to be red. Um, so that's probably the more influential thing. Universally recognised. Would you believe that we're supposed to be starting a podcast right now? <laughs> we always forget about the important things. <laughs> All right, start the podcast. Did we dance? I did. I don't. I don't remember. It was. It, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't move me enough. Obviously. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll dance now. Okay, it's I'm too late. There there's, no, there's literally oh, no. no music playing yet. Oh, no. uh, I, I don't know if it's your turn or my turn to go first, but I think you should go first this week. What do you reckon? I think I should go first. Okay, I have. I have sort of a sub theme going on actually between the two topics, so it's quite interesting. I, I just. Oh. I picked up on it just then when when I should have been dancing. I was looking at my topics, going, "Oh, these two are actually linked." And I'm sure it'll all become apparent later. Is that... Anyway. Because, I, I mean, I'm going to bring it up later, but I think I've got a reason why they're linked, and it may be the same as yours, it may not be. But let's figure that out as we go through it. So bring up your first topic. First things. Okay, so my first topic. My first topic. It is. Underwear is it a topic and socks. or a topic? It's a topic. Okay. okay. <laughs> underwear, underwear and socks come in resealable bags. But cereal and crisps or chips, depending on where you live, don't. I think he means potato chips for potato chips for 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 clarification. Potato crisps, yeah, potato crisps. Okay, that was minor offensive. Sorry. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so underwear (laughs) Underwear and socks, socks. resealable bags. You reckon? So this is something I have a question about. My underwear comes in 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 like plastic bag. It might have a button on it that you can open up and take the underwear out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that I've ever reused that bag for anything else other than 
keeping it in the bag until I use the underwear and then throwing the bag. The bag. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had socks have... in a bag. Do you, do you not have the like uh, the two little plastic strips with the other plastic strip on the other side, and you click it together, and it makes that satisfying noise? We call those we call those Ziploc bags, but not for socks. So socks come like open mm-hmm. air, open to the air. Those have that pin through them, the plastic. So we thing. do have we do have them available um, in like a really strange sort of cardboard rectangle. That's sort of like a bit of tape, but it's cardboard that's kind of loosely glued together. And then that's got a little uh, hook on it so you can hang it up in your wardrobe if you wanted, which also confused me. Um, so that's for the socks, but it's for the display unit, isn't it? You know, they, they hang think, the socks up on the display unit. I think you're but... keeping the packaging of products for way too long. I'm, just saying. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I No, but this is my point. That's exactly spot on my point. Because these are reusable things. Those little hook things can be reused. You know, these okay. are re- yeah. reusable things. If, if but I wanted to resell, you could reseal that bag. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which goes back to a previous podcast. Um, but crisps and cereal, which you open and close on a regular basis, don't have the resealable Ziploc bag or, you know, a way of, you know, sealing them up. You, you, most people, in my experience, tend to sort of just scrunch up the cereal bag and then put like um a clothes peg on them and that that keeps it sealed you know same for the the crisps or chips right uh, if I they're a that. really bad one there will be people arguing pot- pot- potentially that crisps and chips shouldn't live long enough to be resealed um but cereal's a great example underwear's a great example so the two against each other um you know it, i'd rather probably have cereal come with a resealable Bag and my underwear come in a one-time recyclable. Rip it open and put it in the recycling. Piece of cardboard. Piece of cardboard. Always cardboard for packaging. We should should make mention of this most podcasts, but cardboard Mm. is perfectly fine for packaging most things. In fact, all uh, sweets, all sweets and things um, used to come in cardboard packaging. Butter mintos without the plastic on the inside. It was actually. there was somebody who poisoned some Tylenol or Panadol, depending on where you live in the world, paracetamol tablets. Mm. Um, and that's why mm. we started getting these uh, tamper-proof packagings where there was plastic inside the, the cardboard. It wasn't anything to do with the freshness of the food. It was, well, it was in regards to so that people couldn't poison it uh, on you. So it's actually that person's, that devil, uh, but <laughs> it's his fault that we now kill the planet with our plastics. Um, I'm, I'm, a lot of polythene and plastics, isn't it? It is a lot. Yeah. There was a um, plastic being made out of, uh, what do you call it? Hemp? Uh, prawn, no, prawn. Prawn shells. Oh, prawn. Yeah. And, I hear and, hemp is like the cure to everything, rope and, and yeah, I think fabric it's more and of a, fuel. I don't know if they're making plastic but, out of hemp, but I'm guessing they probably could because it has an oil. Um, yeah. Whether that becomes biodegradable or not, but prawn shells, you just kind of ground up and then heated and it was like a chitin uh, plastic. And then the, that was really biodegradable and they were also doing it with like crab shells and um, funnily enough, whale semen was... <laughs> You know, like I, I'm pretty sure I've heard that before, but it still it still shocked me. That did 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 catch me off guard. 
I uh, literally just watched last night the um, digitally remastered in 3D Jaws movie. Right. Um, so that 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 vision is fresh Did in it my head. Come out and eat you while you were about. standing in the middle of the street. It was really well done. It was very well done. Um, it was still 70s fashion, still the same storyline. They're still going to need a bigger boat. But the depth of the image was actually pretty impressive. I hadn't really like enjoyed 3D since um, possibly the first Avatar film when I went to a very expensive cinema to watch it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was actually pretty good. Uh, for what it was, I enjoyed it. I forgot how well people wrote movies back in the day. It yeah, was, well, they it's, had to. Uh, right? It's a bit of a... They had to get it right first time, didn't they? Because of the whole cutting and no the cost digital. and everything. <laughs> mm. um, but back to the mm. point, I think cereal Sorry, and yeah. crisps, for me, I think a resealable bag would be a really good thing. I wonder if it's that the bags um, cost much more when they're resealable. Because I notice a lot of things come in a resealable bag now. Like I purchased some prawns. To cook for, I'm having dinner tonight. I'm making a prawn pasta for my kids. They really like it. And yeah, yeah. well, prawns are cheaper than beef at the moment. Put it that way. Uh, so I'm not fancy. They're just they're they're a cheap alternative to meat, um, and they taste good. So the the bag of prawns comes with a resealable thing. And if I'm purchasing, say, I don't know, onion rings or something, freezer bags, they all come with resealable zip tags, and like those bourgeois snacks like the protein balls or whatever and my dog treats come with a resealable thing but you're right that the chips uh don't i wonder how much like because you know those bourgeois chocolates and protein balls yeah. and stuff, they cost like ten dollars for a tiny little packet whereas yeah, a packet it, it of chips costs add, nothing it would add cost wouldn't it it would you know you add in ziploc bags would co- add cost and then that'd have to be passed on to the consumer but there's also like a massive conspiracy that perhaps all these cereal companies are like secretly having shares and stocks in like companies that like tupperware and stuff because you can get those plastic cereal boxes with the lids that pop up and you can get like zip seal bag clip things that you know go over the top of these bags but I also noticed that the cereal bags themselves, they're actually, I'm not sure, obviously I can't speak for where you are, but for, from my experience, um, when you scrunch up the bag, it doesn't unscrunch. Like it does, it, it, it's less, less unravely than a normal bag would be. A normal bag would try and re, like get its shape back, whereas these cereal bags tend to sort of stay quite scrunched. Is it the wax? And then wax they get to a point and then, you know. Because they're waxed bags. And, you know that, right? Yeah, okay. That might be a not not something I'd thought of, but yeah, I get they are waxed and that would be potentially a, a reason why obviously to keep it fresh. That's the other thing as well. So if it was a zip bag, would would the cereal sweat? You know, is this actually, you know, a a, a thing where Actually, a lot of money and time have gone into the designs, and yes, they don't seal up, but yeah, and we're perhaps there's a it. reason for it. <laughs> yeah, just for convenience, we should just buy these Tupperware boxes and just put them in there. <laughs> you know, we have. Um, like, I believe in the re. Like, so the way I buy my products, if that it is available, like Redox, yep. for instance, Redox comes in like a little tube thing with a double-ended flip-top lid, and one hole is bigger than, than one's more like a sprinkler, one's more like, and salt and stuff comes like that. Um, and I buy, I don't buy that. 
I buy the refill because it's yeah. much cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than the re- but I don't actually have the thing to put the stuff in. I just buy the refill <laughs> and use the refill. And same with cereal. So, yeah. You should just be buying refills for your cereal container, right? Well, it's strange you should say that because last year in our country, um, there was an opening of a store. Um, other stores are available um, that basically concentrated on the refill market and did away with all the packaging. So you could go in with your own bags, your own boxes and whatever, and fill those up with the product that you wanted. So if you wanted cereal, you could take your own Ziploc bag if you wanted and, and fill up your own Ziploc bag. Uh, if you wanted, you know, like a a meal of some kind you 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 wouldn't have the packaging that you'd normally have it in you'd take a bowl with a lid that you could like seal the the lid and it brought down the cost um i'm trying to think what they call it is it not self-sufficient but it's like um like a self-serve kind of um yeah what was the store called um i believe it was an asda um, I believe it was actually an Asda Ooh, store Asda. that had been modified, um, Asda being a big chain over here. Um, and it was a modified one that did, um, I'm trying to think of the word. What's the word? Uh, my Buffet. mind has skipped. <laughs> no, no, where you do, where you use, um, where you use things. Sustainability. 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 Yeah. Right, right, right. It makes sense. Sustainability. But I know it would fail because, unfortunately, most people are lazy bastards. It was called a sustainability store based in Middleton Leeds. um, And they basically had these things called refill stations, uh, which are recycling facilities and reverse vending machines. Is Um, it still there? Literally. Yeah, it's still going. It's still going. Um, So, yeah, this supermarket basically has plastic packaging stripped off it completely um it has these little dispenser units that you you put your container in you pull the handle down and it distributes the exact amount that you need for it and and does away with the marketing costs and everything and i've always wondered about the marketing anyway because once you know a product's logo say kellogg's for example right. other other cereals are available but that is a global recognized brand you you, you could walk anywhere and go kellogg's yep that's cereal so once you've got that established, you don't need to worry about the different flavors because people can read the labels and go, oh, this one's got nuts in it. This one's got no nuts in it. This one's got chocolate in it. This one's not no chocolate, you know. So, yeah, you know, is, is marketing really required when you strip it back to, to that level? Well, I, I think at the beginning, it'll... probably. It's, it's probably very hard yeah. to compete in that market. It's probably why it doesn't take off with the companies because if you want to bring in a new product, what's going to make people purchase that product, I mean, it may have nuts in it, but it looks the same as the one that doesn't. And the reason why Kellogg's mm. is more expensive than, say, the no name no name brand, is because of the packaging. It, it actually the products are very much mm-hmm. the same. So I can see why a company wouldn't be totally stoked on it because they can't charge a premium just because they call it Kellogg's kind of thing. I actually have a tip for all our listeners now, based right. off what you just said. Yeah, this is a little tip. So when you need medicines, like um, cold and flu medicine, for example. Sudafed. If you, if you go into the shop, and assuming you can, like a chemist or whatever, and you can walk around and they've got multiple brands of the same sort of products. If you look on the side of the box, there's a long number. 
and that long number is a batch number, but multiple companies can have the same batch number and the batch supply for the same formula, but you can actually pick out which one's the cheaper, and it'll be exactly the same product based on the, the long number on the side that's printed on the box. There you go. There you go. Little cost-saving thing for everyone. I always buy the pharmaceutical brand because it's always the cheapest. You think that, but it's always worth checking because I have I have found that actually some companies do try to uh, play on the fact that it's own brand that's cheaper. Um, but yeah, more often than not, you are correct though. Yeah, I mean, I check. I don't obviously just buy it blindly. <laughs> I don't yes, go, oh yeah, that's brand. Def- yeah, no, if I'm, I generally find that it's a couple of bucks cheaper, which is, suits me fine. I can spend my $2 on $2 worth of hash browns in the morning before I go to work. Sounds nice. These are the most important things in life, don't you worry. All right, let's get on to the next topic, which... Um, go for it. Which was my topic, and I've, I've, all, I've, I've all but forgotten it now. Hold on one second for me. What are you, taking drugs? God. Yeah, that's funny you should say. <laughs> Weird. Like Weird. I prompted you from nowhere. It's like I, you know, like I didn't know what I was going to be talking about. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I just came up with it all by myself. Um, okay, so this is an interesting one for me. I'm not a big, uh, I don't take drugs, put it that way. I have tried uh, the, the marijuana, the, the pot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in a couple of different forms, but it's, it's not for me. It's not something that I, it, it doesn't make me feel good. Um, but I can, this I can serious. I come in and say, you know, I've, I've done the others and, and, and I've seen the benefit from it. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. There you go. Uh, but one thing that I find really interesting is people, uh, and I found out this recently because people have been put in jail in the past for twenty uh-huh. something years for smoking marijuana yeah. or taking certain yeah. drugs, and mm-hmm. I just can't see that number one that that's effective in any way that that's stopping people from doing it, and number two that that helps that person mm. mm-hmm. in any way that person has obviously either made a choice to to do it, um, guided by somebody or a uh, situation in their life, however that happens. It could be a positive one or a negative one, but definitely has led them to that eventuality. And putting them in jail for multiple years, I just don't see mm. how that changes them in any way. I mean, we all know that in jail that the situation is is not something that makes you a uh, um, a more or less likely person to do such things anyway. So you're kind of encouraging mm-hmm. the situation. As, I mean, and from television shows, I've never been. Uh, and I could say that with drugs themselves, I mean, people that are addicted to drugs or, or take drugs to escape reality or just for fun mm. and are mm. not hardened criminals in general. And the, the only reason why any of them sort of get into criminality because of drugs is because of the price of those things and that mm. they can't afford to, to upkeep their habit so that they steal to, to do so. Um, whereas, you know, people who are, who are criminals or, or even drug dealers don't tend to, take the drugs that they're giving out, which I kind of agree with those people being 
put in jail for doing things to other people, but people who just take them recreationally, um, unless they kill somebody or something like that, I can't see just taking a drug as being really a crime at the end of the day. That's my talking point. Okay. But I know a lot of well, people have some strong, strong feelings yeah, about this. Yeah. So I, uh, I'll, I'll start off with saying that I, I don't currently take any, don't have any plans to take any, don't socialise in those circles. Not since near, last the night, way anyway. that I did. Oh, God, not since <laughs> last night. I feel like perhaps the sleep depravity may, may be kind of akin to that, but no, uh, just lack of sleep, that's all. Um, but yeah, the, the, the circles I used to run in when I was younger, um, in my early 20s, etc., uh, were a lot heavier. Um family members, friends, uh, you know, uh, I have actually seen someone destroy their life in front of my own eyes. Um, it started off with simple, you know, social pot smoking, etc. And then um, they made life choices. They found crutches that support them. Um, and then they ended up going to prison. Um, they ended up coming out of prison. They ended up going back in prison. They went out. They went in. They did the hokey cokey. Um, they literally uh, completely changed in personality. Um, in fact, the last time I saw that person, um, they were invited to a friend's uh, poker night, um, and we showed up. And it, it, let's just say that person left stealing the money that was there to go get a Facebook hookup after logging into a computer he didn't even ask permission to log into. So, you know, it was uh, it was it was a weird experience to to have as a last memory. But, you know, that person absolutely ruined their life. Uh, they had a, a child in one of the coming in, coming out moments uh, with with someone who was actually a lovely person. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a bad impact on them. Um I tried many an occasion to help them get a job, get out of the whole situation, and in the end, lessons, life lessons were learned. Um, but yeah, I've also seen the flip side of that. I've seen people who have completed courses in university and would not have been able to have kept a level head without it. Uh, my next door neighbor has medical marijuana to stop their heart from exploding, which is very, very rare and hard to do in this country. Um, because uh, I can say that now because I'm moving, so you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> the police, can, police can knock can knock either of my doors. Um, so yeah, it's um, I'm not an arc, um, but yeah, it's um, it's a thing where it's not legal in this country. It is very heavy in this country. I mean, you can't where I live. Um, you can't you can't go very far without smelling it in the air for a country that it's so illegal in. Um, you know, it's it's quite common, and 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 there's a large proportion of people who have or do smoke, for example. Um, and then there are the harder drugs. But the one thing that bothers me, I think, the most um, is when laws change. It's becomes a really hard conversation to have. So when things become legalized and someone's in in prison for committing a crime, it's very rare you hear about the sentence being reduced, even though the law has changed. And I get that because when they broke the law, it was illegal. However, if you've reclassified something and made it not legal, it kind of should really go well, on an really appeal legal. basis. Yeah. I yeah, think sorry, that's, you know. that, was a, that was one of the points. So even mm. though in California, for instance, that marijuana has been made legal for stubbing your toe, basically, um, or any other 
mild mild affliction. There are mm. still people in jail in California for mm. smoking marijuana. Mm. Um, and they can't get out because of the same point. Obviously, they were put in jail when it was illegal. And I, I guess it's the same thing about a fine. Uh, there was a lane splitting or lane filtering, depending on what you like to call it, on a motorcycle, for instance, was illegal in Australia up until around about eight years ago. I can't remember exactly, but it's changed now. So anybody who is on their full motorcycle license can ride in between the lanes uh, under 30 kilometres an hour to get to the front of the pack, and that's fully legal here in Australia now. But prior to that, it wasn't. That's interesting. So all of these legal here. Uh, we call it filtering. filtering yeah, filtering. Traffic, but yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Now it it wasn't uh, legal, and I and I when I got my motorcycle license, I was uh, given a fine for doing it. I was scooting along next to the cars with my feet on the ground, just riding my bike in between a traffic jam, uh, which mm. would which today would be perfectly legal. But at the day mm. that I did it, it wasn't. And I was given a fine, and it cost me. The fine was about $200, which is not a lot of money, but it actually cost me $300 a year for the next five years on my registration because uh, having points taken from my license means that my green slip uh, and registration was more expensive. So it was $300 more a year Mm. to get my registration Mm. because I'd had any points removed from my license. And that was what my points were removed for. So the, the fine all up for the lane filtering was about $1,200 to $1,400, something like that. Correct. Mm. And now it's perfectly legal. <laughs> They're not going to give me my money back, are they? Nuts. Maybe I should no, write a letter. But then the flip side, flip side is if they did give you the money back and then they changed the law again, would you owe the money again? <laughs> Look, I'm you willing know, to take that gamble. That's a good gamble. That's a good gamble. But what about what about musicians? Okay, so this is an interesting one. So some of my favourite human beings on this planet are musicians and artists who who make no uh, shyness about the fact. I don't know. Let's throw Snoop Dogg in the, into the mix. You know, right. um, I'm I'm pretty sure Snoop Dogg was a very uh, popular figure before it was legal in a lot of states where he would smoke, but. He never, you know, he always seemed to not be in trouble for that particular element. He may be in trouble for other things, but that wasn't the the, the main thing. And also it was in very big popular culture in the 90s, you know, uh, especially over, over here, I assume, over there. Cheech um, and Chong, and- that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and there were the, that was the the movies, wasn't it? You know, it was um, Kevin Smith built his entire franchise off the back of of that bad boy, um, and. I've got some friends who are musicians and, and very talented musicians, singers, songwriters. I've got some artist friends. I've got some poets. I've got quite a lot of them. And and it's always been endemic in that society, in the creative society. Um, but for some reason, there's a real strange classism, I guess. It's who can afford the best lawyer, where you hear <laughs> about A-lister celebrities, you know, even B-lister celebrities getting a, a slap on the wrist. Uh, whereas uh, Joe Bloggs, average individual, gets five to six years in prison <laughs> for exactly the same crime. Um, Do you know why so there, there is, marijuana you know, is illegal in America? Or in most uh, of the world? Is this, is this because of a modern-day prohibition? 
because it would damage other businesses. Because that's one thing we've done a lot in society where we've introduced a law uh, because it's uh, financially beneficial to other companies uh, to, to, to grow their products uh, instead of you know using something like hemp <laughs> that is usable in multiple industries. No, that, that's certainly uh, a conspiracy things. theory for sure. But actually what right, it okay. was, was... Um, it was Ronald Reagan who actually brought in the oh, prohibition against yeah. uh, marijuana, and and what it, at the time it was a racism thing. So they I, wanted I to blame. Yeah. They wanted to be able to basically arrest minority groups such as Mexicans and such, um, and hmm. and the uh, African American population for things, and they wanted to have something that. Uh, they could get them on, and they knew that the Mexican population, for instance, used to smoke a lot of marijuana. Uh, at the time, it was totally okay. Mm. Uh, so he, they made out that marijuana made you violent, made you uh, a, a depravity, gave you all these things that you would that you would become like a a bad person if you smoke marijuana. And cool. they did adverts for it, and they did all kinds of stuff, and they made it totally like a massive imprisonable offense so that they could run around town and basically just arrest everybody whenever they wanted to. So it was actually I'm sure racism. That was pretty easy for them. I'm, I'm sure catching them was really easy. They were probably asleep having just had a big fit, like meal, you know? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, Oi, that, you, come here. And, and actually, <laughs> in World War I, uh, things like heroin and, and uh, cocaine and all those kinds of things were mm -hmm. totally legal. They weren't illegal at all. In fact, you could send your soldier uh, over a care package with, yeah, and it would have heroin in it and cocaine and, yeah. and all kinds Uppers of stuff. To yeah. keep them uh, awake and, and alert. And it was just a normal thing that was in society. Mm. And when they proclaimed the war on drugs, this is mm. when we started having all of these problems with it. Uh, when people yeah. uh, started using it recreationally rather than medicinally and we found this market now where they've sort of gone well those things work let's find something else that gives us a high or whatever and you've you've come into the 70s yep. with lsd and mdma and uh crystal meth I what's that methylol something or other yeah um, crystal meth which are Breaking all very back. which are all very damaging yep. to the person who takes them but because uh, they're somewhat cheaper to attain than the ones that aren't, like heroin and, and such, um, and the prohibition laws in the 20s and 30s after the war um, made them quite popular in the criminal scene, they, the price of those things went up really high, so you couldn't afford to purchase them anymore, and people had to find other ways to supplement that medicinal, what they saw as a medicinal need. And so we ended up with all of these uh, half drugs, crack cocaine and crystal meth and uh, pseudoephedrine, which is speed or gas for those of mm -hmm. you in the scene. I don't follow any of these. I'm not, I'm not fully up on the scene. You're not down know, with the kids. No, I know the, <laughs> I know the technical parts of it and, and the history of it, but I don't know what people are doing these days. Um, I know there's a mushroom or something you can eat. Uh, I saw that in Super Troopers. It's magic. 
That's apparently it. Um, but yeah, look, I just think that putting people in jail for these things is just because you, the, the government created this need for people to take drugs illegally. Uh, they forced the situation after thousands of years of these things happening. They then forced the situation into being illegal and created the war on drugs because they were racist. I just don't so think we should be putting people that, in though. jail. <laughs> so the flip side of that is the places that have made it legal are now able to invest in proper care for those people who have gone too far down that road. Um, taxes have dropped because they've been able to bring in a, a larger income. Uh, people are drink driving less. Um, you know, there's less injuries on the road uh, from that side of things. You know, there's there's licensed shops where you can regulate the quality and you're not getting pesticides or any other hidden things that you shouldn't be taking on top. Strength. Now, this is a big one for mental health. So if you buy marijuana, for example, off the streets, uh, you don't know what you're getting. You're you're getting some guy telling you this smells nice and it's this this brand from this country, but how would you tell the difference unless you're a very experienced connoisseur and you know that in which case maybe you're in a better position but for the average taker you just you know you just got to go with what's supplied because it's not it's not legal there's not you know you don't get that selection so much you know there are instances where you do but with this particular story that we're talking about in the sense of mental health there's different kinds of these drugs that have different potency, that have different psychological effects on you. And to regulate it and medicinize that and get people to actually take things that are better for their mental health and not going to push them down a certain way. I mean, cannabis is known as like, oh, you, you, you get hungry, you get tired. That's the, you know, if you're driving while smoking it, which I don't condone, don't do that. Um, you know, you drive at 10 miles an hour instead of 50 because you're just so laid back and you're so so chilled about it and then you get pulled over for driving too slow. Um, and that's the kind of, like, painting that we, we paint in society and popular culture. The truth is that actually, you know, it's very irresponsible. Your reflexes do slow down. They don't speed up. Um, and I'm happy to argue this with people. But, the, the, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't operate machinery at all. You know, um, but there are people who do and operate it operate better under those circumstances. Perhaps they've got the right chemical balance for them, but I still think that's not a very responsible approach to to take. Um, but the main thing is that science and medicine have a lot of information about the benefits and the chemical compounds and the influences on the psychological aspect of the human brain. Um, it's very evident, you know, um, so we've now in this country, there's, there's quite a big push on CBD and everything. Um, and that comes from marijuana, um, and the health benefits of CBD, this, the health benefits of CBD, that, you know, and we, we spoke about the fact that hemp can be plastics, ropes, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of use for it. So it's interesting that there's still an ongoing battle here between, um, legalizing, regulating, uh, and making it a very available um, and safe thing to do, versus driving it underground, making it CD dark corners, back alleyways, you know, muggings, whatever, you know, yeah, services point, rendered instead of paying, you know, <laughs> um, well, the services rendered instead of paying thing is 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 quite common as well because that that could be taken in in multiple directions, the sex industry, you know, into 
crime and theft. Um, you know, uh, there's more of an issue with knife crime in this country. There's more issue with gun control in other countries. But like, you know, there's there's people working off debts um, that they've earned one way or another. Um, and those things would be a lot harder for people to manipulate other people in, in smaller communities than if it was regulated for say, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I, I think, I think you've, you've got a very good conversational thing. I could probably talk for quite a long time on this topic. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think in, su I think in summary, from my perspective, um, I'm always more for science and, and for actual, um, test proper testing, uh, and and proper regulating of things and, and putting uh, these things through lengthy trials than I am driving them under, underground and people yeah, getting exactly. like what they do with every other drug whatever drug. you know fiberglass for example I've heard fiberglass going into these things and and, oh, and yeah you know <laughs> it's, the, it's not in the essence of time I think we should jump on to your next topic but I, my next topic. I think this could be a premium podcast. Uh, all in its own. So we'll bring that one back later on. Um, let us know what you think about Sounds that, guys, good. when you listen to the podcast and uh, add on to that, and we'll bring that up on the premium podcast. Uh, General's next topic is one I'm really interested in, so let's go in on to that before we run out of time. Okay. Um, we have actually, just before I quickly do that, we have had uh, a survey back on one of the previous podcasts oh, oh, um, okay. that we haven't yes, discussed go for as well. Definitely. So you were you were asking about the uh, AI into space or the teleportation, mm -hmm. um, and AI AI won that poll. All so right. For those 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 people who are listening, was that who, my preference? Uh, who, that was your preference. Yeah, there I think go. we both I think we both went for that. Um, okay, so go. yeah, that was that was interesting. So there we go. Society agreed with us. So talking about society, talking about drugs, talking about underwear. Let's talk about real life superheroes. Yeah, that's yeah. the segue. <laughs> Yeah, see what I did there, ladies and gentlemen? Boys Smooth and girls, as butter. Smooth, as, Smooth butter. as butter. So real-life superheroes, right? They exist. Okay? I know, they I am one. Act they actually exist. And there is I an official one. tracker for superheroes. And I'd like to talk about what constitutes a superhero. So first of all, let's get on to this tracker. So I call it a tracker. Um, it's actually I'm just Googling much, it right much more simpler than a tracker. It, it, it's called Wikipedia. Okay. All right. Okay. Wikipedia okay. has got a real life superhero database. Um, don't ask how I got here. It wasn't related to other topics we've discussed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a late night one night, and I went, "Oh, I wonder if they exist." Uh, and there is actually a list of superheroes from around the world and examples of what the superheroes do. So I thought this was a really interesting conversation. So um, I want to get to the UK last. Because I think I think it's going to be a very enjoyable experience for everyone to uh, to get to that. But let's let's look at um, a couple of countries. So we'll start with Australia. Okay. So um, in Australia, uh, there's a superhero called Black Rat, who lives in Sydney. Uh, he basically carries a utility belt, a backpack containing a fire blanket and fire extinguisher, first aid kit, and drinking water. And he has also campaigned for better lighting in the streets and more commonly involved in neighbourhoods. Interesting right. character. I can see a Black picture rat. of him right here. Very interesting. Okay. That kind of looks like the Green Lantern. If the green, not the Green Lantern. Sorry, the uh, oh, what was that show with the with the really bad? 
had Toto as the sidekick. Goodness. Oh, um, Batwing, was it? No, the green something. Toto is the sidekick. Toto. Uh... It was like a Chinese guy. And he like kicked. He he did all the real fighting, and the the main guy was kind of like the thinking. He Hong Kong Fui. No, yeah. that's karate. Um, trying to think now. Normally, I get these kind of random quizzy things like this. Only so I think it's because uh, a thingy of Oz, come, uh, Wizard of Oz, comes to mind whenever you say Toto. Definitely was there's a there's a movie about it and it's got the same guy in it from oh the Green Hornet you're Green thinking Hornet. of yeah 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 that's, that's what it is so Bruce Lee played that sidekick yeah in the original but fact. the second one in the original it was like Jet Li yeah. I think. not Lee sh- I'm not sure so yeah so the Black Rat they've also got another superhero in Australia on this list um, Captain Australia. Captain Australia. Yep. Uh, it's okay. featured on MX, the Courier Mail, and on television's A Current Affair. He's based in Brisbane, Queensland. He wears a green and yellow suit and mask similar to Captain America with an at symbol on his chest and a bat- Batman-style utility belt. So you Australians like your utility belts. Uh, but police have expressed their preference that Captain Australia does not intervene in incidents. <laughs> and I love that that's on the list. The last guy, the police are fine with, but this guy, could he please not intervene with the incidents? I love it. He has a website, so, yeah, so... to say no. He does? Oh, I <laughs> yes. didn't know he did. CaptainAustralia.online, oh, for those of you that are interested. Ah, um, brilliant. He does wear combat gloves and uh, a very interesting Captain America-style hat, uh, more of a pullover Oh, yeah, material. so he does. Um, wow. He's like the the things that like the flash sort of lightning bolts, but they're actually kangaroos. Oh, oh yeah, so they <laughs> on the side of his head. Wow, uh, that's brilliant. So he does things for charity, and uh, you know, does big walks. He's been on the TV, and so he's, he's, he looks like he's having a great time. This guy. So uh, get so on all get of these. Up. These these guys who I've mentioned so far, they're all very good-hearted human beings who are out there trying to to make a difference in their local communities. So I, I you know, as as fun to talk about this, they they do have serious messages underneath their kick-ass cosplays. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they're not necessarily cosplaying. These are legitimate no. cost. These are not costumes. They've made these their own personalities. Uh, they're yeah, uniforms. Yeah. So. I've talked about the, the Australian ones. Um, you know, I've got Canadian ones, China, Colombia, Finland, France. Um, I do want to stop and talk about a serious group of who I deem as superheroes, um, but other people may have a different opinion. Um, okay. So th- there is this organization that started in New York in America called the Guardian Angels. Now, through my martial arts channels, I've had uh the luck to chat to the founder and a couple of other members of the the original group um they they started in the 1980s i want to say um they they basically go around in like a bright red top with a red beret um so they've got a uniform and there's a collection of them that will i think they've actually expanded out of new york i think potentially worldwide um since since i used to uh sort of 
read up on this. Um, but I did catch an article in the news the other day that, that sort of brought me back to them. And it was that they have a new division of all female guardian angels who are perv busters, um, who basically stop men from harassing female passengers on the underground, who um, sort of try and raise the comfort level of ladies by being present. Um, and it's it's quite an interesting dichotomy. Um, they They technically police on behalf of the police so the police don't have to which the police then kind of get a little bit frustrated but also respect the fact that the community are doing something themselves um so take from that as you will um let's just say that you know not all guardian angels are liked by the police and not all police are liked by the guardian angels but there's also (laughs) a, a positive overlap when something uh a positive outcome comes out of a situation that involves them um, so they're actually a big group of people, uh, similar, akin to maybe your Justice Leagues or your, you know, uh, your whatever, whatever your faction of, of your Avengers, whatever your faction is that you, you're, you're Hendryland, with. Hendryland, get it? Hendryland, yeah. the Hendryland <laughs> superheroes. Um, but it's an interesting one because um, these people are normal civilians who are trained in um, restraint techniques, diffusion techniques, a lot of things that come from the core martial arts of self-defense. Um, and there's some tough sons of guns in, in, in the group. And there's also uh, the opposite. There's also very friendly-looking, non-threatening-looking people uh, because they've really understood the balance of the situation, that sometimes in these situations you potentially need someone who's less aggressive to defuse it. And there's a lot of psychology, and, it's, and, and they're still going. And there's a lot of you know varying heights, weights, builds uh, involved in it. Some people, I look at them and I think, from my personal martial arts experience, they could potentially use more training. Other people probably will never get to use or need to use any training they've ever had in their life because they've they've got really good humanity qualities that are, allow them to defuse situations. So if they're an interesting group. Um, feel free to Google them. You know, check them out a little bit. Um, they're called the Guardian Angels. And yeah, it was interesting that um, they were probably the first group that I stumbled across that had. I don't want to say the word vigilantes because they're an organized unit, so we'll call them a terrorist cell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works, isn't it? Surely a large that's group exactly of people. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, they're not. They are lovely people who are out Guerrilla there trying warfare. to make people's lives better. Um, and I think that's a great. Yeah, the, that's a great topic the, uh, for another. The berry podcast, you know, well, the berry right? thing yeah. is a little bit military. Yeah. So um, we got we got some some other superheroes, and I'm I'm conscious of the time. Um, there's, uh, I'll just reel out a few very quickly, and then we'll get to the UK. Um, so in China, there's Redbud Woman. She assists the poor in Beijing. Uh, she has been seen several times wearing black tights and a black mask, handing out food and warm clothing to the homeless. Yeah, the go. fact that the lady has to hide her identity to do charity work. Moving on. Um, France. <laughs> we won't. Shh. China might invade any day. France. <laughs> don't, don't make France. any enemies. Uh, Captain Ozone has been featured in the French Max uh, magazines uh, and the German edition of FHM for some reason. Not too sure why. Uh, there's also a little uh, group of people called the Defenders of France uh, that have been uh, subject to n- numerous press articles. Do they run um, around saying "Viva la France"? I, I, they may do. They may I always do. wonder why um, they said like "Hooray the know. France, the French, the France, Hooray the French." 
Sweden has, I can't say the original word, so if I butcher this, I apologize. Uh, Vaktaren, uh, which I'm saying the V sound, it might be W, so it might be Vaktaren. Anyway, it translates as the Watchman. Um, wears a dark suit and a white mask with a white V symbol on his chest. When interviewed, the police stated uh, that as long as he was not impersonating a police officer, he was not breaking any laws, which I found very interesting. Mm. Uh, they do have some interesting Liberia, laws around self-defense over there. Yes, they do. Liberia, Lionheart, um, Italy, Entomo, Israel, Park Wayne, um, which is an interesting combination of Batman and Superman's names. Um, then we've got, then we get to the UK. <laughs> so America have got loads. America have got like they've actually got um a real life superhero group called the Rain City Superhero Movement. The cent- uh uh Salt Lake that has a team, Central Florida has a team. There's all sorts um of different ones. There's even some in, in uh, Las Vegas called the Guardians of Tomorrow, which I'm wondering if there's some sort of legal thing around that. But anyway, uh, the United States have the Watchman, Moon Dragon, Shadow Hair, Master Legend, Phoenix Jones. Great name. Mr. Extreme, <laughs> Wall Creeper, you know, and, and, and you can read all these on, on, the, on the Wikipedia thing. But I'd like to draw you to what constitutes as a superhero in the UK. All right, let's go. So there is a superhero in the UK, and his name is Angle Grinder Man. Okay. Wow. Sounds quite intimidating. You're probably bit... thinking some kind of gangster chopping off limbs and throwing them in the the London I mean, I did go waters, straight to you know? uh, what's the what's the movie uh, Law Abiding Citizen. That was straight away. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, okay, but no, Angle Grinder Man is a superhero in the UK because he illegally cuts off wheel clamps on vehicles. <laughs> I actually saw this. I saw it. <laughs> so you don't literally to, goes round. You don't have to cut just them off. Just off them. You can just like there's a way to get them off without cutting them. I, I was watching this video on YouTube about how to get them off, but he so he just <laughs> For like particular reason. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It just was interesting. Education. Um, Education. I, I I watch yeah. a lot of things. Okay, I've got a lot of time to watch yep. videos about interesting. Mm-hmm. Not, not potentially uh, committing crime situations, but you know maybe you'll find yourself in a situation where you've been wheel clamped, and then the whole world gets taken over by zombies, and you need mm-hmm. to somehow drive your car. Oh yeah, uh, sure, I can see and that. You can't in that, call in that instance. That makes sense too. You can't call the uh, the government to come and help you uh, because they have all turned into zombies or are hiding underground. So you need to sort things out for yourself. So it's good to know how to do those things, even though currently they are illegal, as we spoke about before. In the future, they may not be, and you'll be like mm-hmm. ahead of the game. A survival survival technique. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's exactly right. Um, so that being said, superheroes are really cool, and we and I, and my heart goes out to anybody trying to make a difference in people's lives. And if you know obviously identified something. Yeah, if yeah. You, if you know a real life superhero, please let us know, and we'd love to have a in depth conversation about that particular superhero or somebody who potentially looks after you. Because if we're looking at our last topic for today, um, it is something that really needs addressing in the world. And and as it is in Australia, we have an Are You Okay Day 
uh, everybody says it should be a year, um, every year. But I agree with that, and I should say that uh, depression and suicide awareness is something that needs to be brought up. And that is my final topic for the day. I think all in all, out of all of my friends, I can tell you that there hasn't been one uh, that hasn't had some type of depression or despair in their life. And some people experience that every day of their lives, like myself. And I can tell you that living through depression and living through thoughts of, of ending one's life every day is not something to be taken lightly. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of support um, of yourself and from other people for you to realize your worth and be able to uh, move forward and be happy, even though they, some people say voices. It's not really voices, is it? It's kind of you not realizing how good you have it and not realizing those things because there's a chemical imbalance in your brain telling you the opposite. Mm. And that chemical imbalance is not as easier to get rid of as, say, drinking or taking a, a substance or, or any of those things. Sometimes uh, you can't get rid of it, and sometimes it just takes your friend or your partner or somebody to come along and give you a hug. It's a hard topic to talk about. It's um, something very personal to my heart. It's something I've lived with for a lot of my life myself. Um, I think, you know, you said about the, the voices, it's you, you do get drowned out by your own negativity. I was taught a very helpful lesson uh, that I'd like to share with people um, that, that helped me at some of my hardest time, which was um, that basically, if you're getting a voice or perceiving a communication in, in your mind um, that is negative, um, it is okay to say, thank you that is your opinion but that isn't me um that resonated very heavily with me because i went through i had been through quite a lot of uh visits down this road and uh, throughout several points um i was put on a watch list um i've had lots of uh conversations i've lost extremely close friends multiple um to this topic one of which was the most anti a suicide person that I knew um, and then poof um, they they went as far as sort of covering up their own internal turmoil by um, mocking the topic by calling people weak-minded by um, saying a lot of things that you kind of like you, you, you wouldn't expect someone talking that way to to act um but as with a lot of things in life uh, people teach you how they want to be treated through their actions and not through their words and i was very very taken back at the time and it took a long time for me to get my head around the fact that this was reality and not just a prank um and you know i've lost i've lost quite you know i did i had a nickname growing up uh, that nobody wanted to really be my friend because they were scared that they'd be next on the list um a little bit of a horrible thing to grow up with like kids can be cruel they don't necessarily understand what they're doing at the time i have struggled i've been homeless i've had to not be homeless um i had i've had kids i've had to um live for my kids which isn't a great thing to do but as a stepping stone it definitely helped me it gave me purpose because 
I'm very good at living for other people, not very good at living for myself. And that's something that I've had uh, for a lot of my life. So this topic is, is a very powerful and uh, consistent topic in, in my life. Uh, life's a roller coaster, ups and downs, and, and you just got to ride it out. The, the, the downs often make the brightness and, and, and the, the great things better because it's more of an up. But as we know with very famous musicians, um, Chester Beddington, um, uh, a, a personal uh, favorite of mine was the lead singer of Audio Slave, um, Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, who uh, was best friends with Chester Bennington and also took his life. Um, so these creative people, these these idols that I look up to, um, are also impacted. Uh, I I am struggling to think of a celebrity female. Um, there there are some out there. Uh, but it's drowned out so much by by men. Um, there was um, uh, I can't remember his first name. Brandis was his surname. He was a, an up and coming actor who was on Sequest DSV, uh, which was a really cool uh, thing in the nineties that sort of uh, had a talking dolphin. Had a talking dolphin researched the ocean. They had little mini adventures, and there was always an educational bit bolted on in there somewhere. Um, but he was the lead actor, and I always thought he was going to be huge. Um, but obviously, it was like a, it was like demons. the that, young uh, guy was he with like the guy? He was the one with the hair, yeah. <laughs> um, what's his name? Like, but um, like a Wesley, uh, Jonathan Wesley, wasn't it? No, it was Jonathan Brandis, and he um he was one of the my favorite TV characters. I idolized him quite a lot. He he did a film with uh, Chuck Norris called Sidekicks. Um, I always thought he was going to be the next Christian Slater. He had uh, he held the TV very very well, um, uh, but he uh, yeah he uh, sadly uh, he played the character Lucas in Sequest. But sadly he he passed away. So so I I was getting it in my real life. I was getting it in my celebrities that I was putting on pedestals. I was getting it every aspect, um, and it was almost almost normalized in in many ways. But what our society and government um, has failed to do is is equip parent parents and, and parental roles with um skill sets to healthily talk about this and men as a whole are really bad at bottling things up until they pop and they don't open up and talk and it's something i've worked on the last 10 years and my friends have worked also it's not just coming from me it's come from them i've got a another friend i know who uh, we sometimes bang heads. I care very much for. I know listens to this podcast, um, but but they have their battles exactly the same way. And and because they bottle up, I bottle up. It then explodes and and things like that. And then you know life life dramas. But it's 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 a it's it's a strong. I I can literally talk about this for hours. Um, but there's there's not enough talk amongst men. Um, I mean, we've got this platform, and and it's great that we're we're using this platform for funny things, but for 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 things like this as well, where the men, it's okay to talk about your emotions with other men, like legit. You know, it's it's not easy. It's hard, but once you open that door, that floodgate is very much needed for your soul and for your mental health. You know, it, it's it's not unmasculine to to talk about how you're feeling and how you're struggling. And and what's crazy is that one person's struggle is not the same as someone else's struggle. So one person may be struggling with a loss of a job. 
and how they're going to feed their family, how, how they're going to have a roof over their head. And another person may have lost their dog that they've had all their life. I mean, that dog won't mean anything to anyone outside that family, but it's a family member to that person, and that loss is very hard to deal with, you know? It can, it can um, be and even and, more simple you know, than that. It could be... Sure. Uh, like, for when I was young, I mean, I, I have also, unfortunately, been down this path, and when I was young, my uh, BMX bike was stolen. And I can tell you that mm. that was pretty much all I had in my life mm. that meant anything. And to be in a situation like that, some people would say that was the cause of the of the depression, but it's not. And unfortunately, now I have many bikes, <laughs> have many cars and things, and I still get the same situation. Um, I just wanted mm. to bring up something while you were going there. It's all very valid. And, and suicide um, is such a heavy thing. Depression, all people have some level of depression. Some people it's chemic, chemical in their brain and they can't stop it. Some people it's, it's caused by uh, an issue in their life. And suicide is viewed as a way out by so many people. In fact, uh, in Australia last year, there was, oh, sorry, two years ago, there was 3,139 suicide deaths. Uh, that's the COVID year. And I can tell you there was more suicides than people died of COVID in Australia by three times that year. And the, the rate between men and women, um, 2,384 were men and 755 were females. Uh, there are some statistics in ages and things like this as well, but suicide is a, is a massive uh, contributor to the, the overall well-being of, of your country. And you can tell uh, when you look at the statistics between how many people per 100,000 commit suicide, such as in Australia, we have 3.5 people per 100,000. Um, in that year, it was, it was 11, 12. 11 here. Yeah, 12.1 <laughs> 12 per 100,000. Sorry, I should Wrong, yeah. wrong statistic to look at. But that is so many uh, people. Like if, you're in a, if you're in a stadium with 100,000 people and 12 people died in that stadium, that would be a massive thing that would hit yeah. the news. And, and, oh, yeah. And, 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 and that's happening for every 100,000 people that you meet in your life. Uh, that 11 or 12 people, or 12 of those people, will have committed suicide. And I just think really, I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to go out and, uh, and ruin your life and everything and, and, and stop it right there and you think you have nothing to live for, I would suggest number one, talking to anybody, sit down on the side of the street, talk to somebody. I have had some of the most in-depth conversations with people I've never met before or seen again. But the best thing about those conversations is that there is no limits. You don't have any uh, established relationship that you need to protect with them. And you'll be surprised um, how many people actually want to talk. And you know what? If somebody doesn't want to talk to you, go to somebody else. If you have a friend that you'd like to open up to, please do so. If you'd like to talk to me about it, please do so. Uh, I'm available online and anybody listening to this podcast at the moment would know who I am, but we will have some socials up. Uh, it is something that really is a final choice and you can't take it back and you can't make it right after you've done it. You can 
fail as hard as you like. You can lose your job. You can have no money. You can, you can be living out of a shelter and you can come back from that and become the CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. You can become yeah. a superhero. You can invent the newest shop that sells cereal uh, by the pound <laughs> uh, for people to bring their own boxes. You can do any of those things if you just don't make that choice. And mm-hmm. if you do make that choice, you will never be allowed to do anything or be able to do anything ever again. And that's kind of where I'm at. I have had mm. a very full life. I have had, uh, I can tell you that my head was laying on a train track once. And I can tell you that the only reason why that train didn't run over my head was because it was four hours away and it was the middle of the night. And from that day, I have had a long journey to where I now have a a family of five children. I have a wife of 18 years. I have computers and cars and all of the things that you could ever want. And I have prospects and skills and friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from that day where I lost all of my friends and I lost everything and I went into a hospital and I had nothing. I can tell you today I would have missed out on so many things. I've been to Disneyland twice. I've <laughs> been I've been on the beach on the other side of my country and watched the sun set over the water. Now I live on the east coast. <laughs> Of my country. So the sun rises. I'm not waking up that early. But on the other side of the country, you can watch it go into the water. And magical moments like that. There has been hundreds of thousands of them. Moments when you realize how great your child is. Moments when you see your child take its first step or speak its first word or ride its first bike or glow whether you take them to somewhere like Disneyland or a fun park or put $2 in one of those machines at the shopping center and it rocks backwards and forwards and they're having the time of their life. I can tell you that just handing them a lollipop is worth not doing it. So please. But I do want to clarify that having children isn't necessarily the cure. This is just fond memories and no. things that help <laughs> Sonic have, on his personal journey. Don't have journey. kids <laughs> because you want to go but no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's a bit of a serious tone I'm, I'm bringing to that. But, um, you know, th- these things worked for Sonic. The things that worked for me worked for me. Everyone's journey is different. Um, finding strength in these situations it takes, it takes more than anyone can possibly yeah. imagine to, to, find, think... to find it, you know. I see what you're saying there. But what I meant to say by yeah. all of that was that there were so many things post that date that had I have closed it down, that I would have never seen or done or been part of or created. Uh, There's always time. There's There's always always something around the corner. Exactly. It doesn't matter how far you fall. Sadly, not far from where I live, um, there was a chain of events where one person went and then another person went and then another person went and they were all related to each other through social circles um 
and and it it made the the news and there was a couple of conspiracy theories around it but it, i i think the the crux of it is how fragile people are despite how strong they present themselves um you know there there's, there's the laughing man uh, mr robbie williams um mm. and it, you know it, it's 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 musicians it's artists but it's also regular normal human beings and it can be people who don't present themselves as being down and depressed they could be happy um and and there's no harm in just you know checking in on people and giving them a sincere moment of empathy and just saying look you know how are you feeling are you, you know i i i'm just curious to see if you're okay you know um and some people will say, I don't want to be bothered. My, de- my depression, my anxiety, I don't want people coming near me. I don't want people talking to me. Um, and I get that very much myself. I get swamped. I'm very empathic. I, I do get swamped by people's intensities and emotions, and it, it's not great for my personal mental health. Um, but, you know, sometimes you've got to push past these things um, and, and not be self-centered and think, you know, this person obviously needs a friend or this person obviously needs... A distraction um and one of the biggest lessons i've learned is that especially as, as sonic and i are both talkers um we also both have the ability to just listen and a lot of people just want to be heard um so don't be afraid to not talk um don't be afraid of silences they're not awkward um it's just sometimes people just want someone sat near someone by them um it's 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 a very big minefield and every human is different um, mm. Compassion is a a, a, a skill set that you, you evolve th- through the course of your life. Um, yeah, I think that's a big thing there. If you if you don't know what to say, you don't have to say anything. You just can listen and say, "I'm struggling to understand that because it's not for me." But I w- don't want you to feel like that. And if there's anything I can help you with. If you would like me to stay here a little bit longer, do you want to go and grab a drink? Taking mm. the, the funny thing about depression is it is a com, is a chemical imbalance. It isn't actually most of the time that you're actually sad about anything legitimate. So distraction does work um, because it drives other chemicals into the equation. Endorphins and dopamine and things like that are really high contributor to relieving the stress of depression and just maybe taking somebody uh, unexpectedly and saying hey instead of you sitting there and being upset how about you come here and uh, i'll buy you a coffee we go for a movie go for a coffee yeah yeah my treat my walk go for a walk your treat for a walk One thing, one thing you 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 shouldn't ever do is is just wallow in it. Like, just stay at home on your own, worried about what other people will think about you, or um, worried about the outcome of of things. Because the more you think about problems that could occur, the more energy you're putting into what ifs and maybes and things that. Mm don't necessarily impact the situation because actually if you took away all the what ifs and the potential you know what could happen and look at the actual problem you can actually manage it a lot better um i find running water for me is um is is quite uh, good for my brain so if i if i need to go for a walk i go walk by a reservoir or by some kind of uh, running water other people like beaches other people like woodland some people like don't necessarily people. there we go <laughs> 
<laughs> so you play Quasar or Paintball. In, in oh, a video okay. game. Yeah. <laughs> in a video game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but even then you are, you are, um, when you shoot people on a computer game, you are still exposing yourself to other people. So it's, it's good to sort of think about how you communicate with people and your frustrations in that sense. It's a good escapism, but potentially maybe going out to a cinema, going out for a meal, going out somewhere yeah, that cool. might feel uncomfortable at the beginning is, is a good food. way to reset your brain. I don't mean you know. to say food because food obviously is some people's uh, Achilles heel or crutch or whatever. But... Um, Sometimes uh, it's a it's a funny thing, and I learnt this from a from a movie that I won't mention because it'll make General very upset. But it actually mm-hmm. works, and it's uh, just have a little bit of chocolate. Um, I I know that it sounds a bit simple, but actually chocolate releases endorphins and dopamine in your body, and you will find that just having a uh, piece of chocolate or just a little bit. I'm not talking like a chocolate cake. I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm not saying eat your Such a gateway. Away. Such a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gateway. But just, just a little piece. Um, instead of, say, Panadol or something like that, where a lot of people self-medicate, things like this, just one little square um, can really make the difference uh, to your mental health. Because, you know, these feelings are generally false. There are times when you'll be upset about things that are happening to you and legitimate issues. Uh, But that is not depression. Although Mm. it can be in there, depression is actually just, you could be totally fine. You could have millions of dollars and fans adoring you and everything be great. But your brain just gets this chemical imbalance and tells you that... uh, that nothing's any good anymore. Um, I, we have gone over time, but I thought this was really important to bring up this week. I have mm-hmm. personally struggled this week with, with my depression and I thought it would be good to have a chat about it. And I have done all of these things myself this week to, to overcome that. I had a childhood hero. Uh, Dave Mira was a professional BMX oh, yeah. rider. Gosh, that's a name uh, I haven't heard in a while. He had two video games in his name on mm-hmm. uh, on the consoles and PC. He was the world regarded as the world's best BMX freestyle rider. He was had all the money, had a family. He was over his brother's house for dinner. Mm. Everything was fine, and he went into his truck and shot himself in the head. And this is the first Crazy. recognized case of concussion uh, causing depression. So oh, sure, yeah, wrestlers and everything have, yeah. have documented that ever since, yeah. So it's, it's a, it can come from all kinds of things, and many people who may not realize uh, that you can, you can gain depression rather than have it your whole life. It can come along from things that happen, from accidents and, and all kinds of stuff. So we're all subject to this potentially in our lives, and it's something that if you... You know, you, you treat people how you would like to be treated, right? You mm-hmm. need to realize that this could be you and you would like the same support that everybody else gets. So, that, and we're ending that on on a note of please reach out to everybody. And not so much a happy note today, but definitely a very important one. The topics today were pretty yeah. fun, though. And, uh, Apologies if you are a superhero and I have missed you off. You may want to yeah. check if you're listed on this Wikipedia entry. 
Um, yeah, and if you are and I haven't mentioned you, I apologise. You've yeah, brought it to yeah. light. That's why that you've helped them out. Yeah, I think um, Keep up the, the superheroes one is the is the topic for me. And I would like to hear of anybody that is a superhero if you'd like to come on the show, or if you know of one. And I think we should uh, leave it there. I've got the hiccups now. Yeah, believe it or not, that's good. Cool. Uh, know. One thing that a question to leave you guys on is um, actually, you know what? I think I think the the it's not so much a question as a as a uh, as a poll we should do. And uh, okay. do we think superheroes are a good thing? Like uh, real life superheroes are a good thing for society or a bad thing? 